Section 27 of the World's Famous Orations, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Famous Orations, Volume 3. On Coercive Measures in America by John Wilkes. Footnote. Delivered in Parliament early in 1775. In October of the previous year, Wilkes had become Lord Mayor, and in his official capacity had presented to the king the remonstrances of the livery against the coercive policy towards America, the manner in which he discharged his duty evoking from the king a remark that he charmed him. He had never known so well-bred a Lord Mayor. Elected to Parliament in 1774, Wilkes continued to oppose with vigor the measures of the government in America. End footnote. Born in 1727, died in 1797, entered Parliament in 1757, established the North Britain in 1762, imprisoned for criticizing the King in 1763, expelled from Parliament in 1764, outlawed for non-appearance when summoned to trial, returned to England in 1768 and re-elected to Parliament, imprisoned and again expelled from Parliament in 1769, several times re-elected but declared ineligible, elected Alderman of London in 1770, Lord Mayor in 1774, and in the same year elected to Parliament, securing his seat and remaining a member until 1790, 1775. The Address to the King upon the Disturbances in North America, now reported from the Committee of the Whole House, appears to be unfounded, rash, and sanguinary. It draws the sword unjustly against America. It mentions, sir, the particular province of Massachusetts Bay is in a state of actual rebellion. Footnote. The Boston Tea Party had occurred in December 1773. General Gage became governor of Massachusetts in the following May, and in October the Provincial Congress met in defiance of Gage's orders forbidding it to do so. End footnote. The other provinces are held out to our indignation as aiding and abetting arguments have been employed to involve them in all the consequences of an open declared rebellion and to obtain the fullest orders for our officers and troops to act against them as rebels whether their present state is that of rebellion or of a fit and just resistance to unlawful acts of power resistance to our attempts to rob them of their property and liberties as they imagine i shall not declare this i know a successful resistance is a revolution not a rebellion. Rebellion indeed appears on the back of a flying enemy, but revolution flames on the breastplate of the victorious warrior. Who can tell, sir, whether in consequence of this day's violent and mad address to his majesty, the scabbard may not be thrown away by them as well as by us, and, should success attend them, whether in a few years the independent Americans may not celebrate the glorious era of the revolution of 1775, as we do that of 1688. The policy, sir, of this measure I can no more comprehend than I can acknowledge the justice of it. Is your force adequate to the attempt? I am satisfied it is not. Boston, indeed, you may lay in ashes, or it may be made a strong garrison, but the province will be lost to you. Boston will be like Gibraltar. You will hold in the province of Massachusetts Bay, as you do in Spain, a single town while the whole country remains in the power and possession of the enemy. Where your fleets and armies are stationed, the possession will be secured, while they continue. But all the rest will be lost. 
in the great scale of empire you will decline i fear from the decision of this day and the americans will rise to independence to power to all the greatness of the most renowned states for they build on the solid basis of general public liberty i tremble sir at the almost certain consequences of such an address founded in cruelty and injustice equally contrary to the sound maxims of true policy and the unerring rule of natural right the americans will certainly defend their property and their liberties with the spirit which our ancestors exerted and which i hope we should exert on a like occasion they will sooner declare themselves independent and risk every consequence of such a contest than submit to the galling yoke which administration is preparing for them an address of this sanguinary nature cannot fail of driving them to despair they will see that you are preparing not only to draw the sword but to burn the scabbard in the most harsh manner you are declaring them rebels every idea of a reconciliation will now vanish they will pursue the most vigorous course in their own defence the whole continent of north america will be dismembered from great britain and the wide arch of the raised empire will fail but may the just vengeance of the people overtake the authors of these pernicious counsels may the loss of the first province of the empire be speedily followed by the loss of the heads of those ministers who have persisted in these wicked these fatal these most disastrous measures end of section twenty seven recording by philip gould